Welcome, everybody. Episode 120, Pandemonium Reigns. Here's the deal. It was rivalry week. Uh, we have coaches already being hired. We have coaches being fired. Georgia Tech has obviously improved. Missouri continues to stand on business. The game didn't disappoint. The Iron Bowl surely didn't disappoint. Um, Seminoles got the job done. Overall, a pretty good day, you know, from uh, from an orange perspective. There were some close ones, some potential barn burners. We're going to get into it just a little bit like, uh, like we always do. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us for tuning in. Uh, the channel continues to grow. You guys uh, are, are starting to comment more. Uh, some some random people really appreciate that. Actually, gotten some love from some Georgia fans. Appreciate that as well. Uh, I'll just say thank you for tuning in. And the Bible speaks of dogs and it speaks of volunteers. And the only thing it has to say about dogs is that it returns to their vomit. And Jesus was the greatest volunteer to ever walk the earth. So there's that. Episode 120 is officially underway. Yes, it is, man. And, and yeah, what an absolute dandy of a week of football it was. Okay, uh, I know we're about to start with to lead with, with the game, but 2013 kick six, 2023 fourth and 31. I can't wait to see what the 2033 iron ball holds for us if we're, you know, alive and kicking. I can't. Uh, ten years? You're going to add ten <laughs> years to my life? Man, uh, I'm going to be the father of teenagers. Woo! I can handle this. I mean, one will be potentially on our way out of the house. You need to slow your roll. All right. All right. All right. I'll slow my roll. Uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely electric week of college football. I just can't believe so much of what we saw. I can believe, though, I can believe that Michigan was six points better than Ohio State, that they held strong enough to win that game in the end. I can even believe that they did it without their their head coach, uh, doing anything on the sidelines that day. Uh, just another fantastic a vintage iteration of this game, the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into it. First game underway. Michigan hosted the Buckeyes. Buckeyes are now sitting at 11-1. and one. Wolverines get the dub 30-24. to 24. Uh, So now Michigan has a three-game winning streak. Over the hated Buckeyes. I think what takes the cake is that night, it's either Saturday night or Sunday night, laying in bed, getting ready to shut her down, scrolling through Twitter, and I see this tweet from an Ohio State fan, and he says, is this what this feels like? Is this what Michigan fans have been dealing with for all these years? This is miserable. Uh, and I'll just tell you on behalf of Tennessee fans, man, it's miserable. <laughs> it's absolutely yeah miserable uh, to have multiple streaks uh, uh, go against you, um, especially when it's a bitter rival such as a Florida or an Alabama. But props to Michigan. I just want to say props to Michigan. The sideline goes without Harbaugh. Uh, Coach Moore takes over, and he's he's risky throughout the game, and it pays off. And they've got all this – you know, public scrutiny against them for cheating and the firing of a linebacker coach and, and all the stuff, all the talk. And they are so honed in to the task at hand. It's extremely impressive at how how well they play together, how not distracted they are. You know what? I'm 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 creating a bit of a disdain for Michigan with with all the stuff that's that's surfacing with them. I think for the first time in my life was I was like, all right, Ohio State, come on. <laughs> but I, I find what they've done, despite being in a negative light, really impressive. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I couldn't be more impressed with, with Michigan. You know, it's it's just one thing if Harbaugh was coaching and you're just dealing with all the attention and all the talk, all the hate. Mm -hmm. um, if you were just dealing with that and having your head coach with you, it'd be one thing. But, you know, I mean, convince me that Sharon Moore is not going to be a head coach within a couple of years. It surprises It would actually surprise me, I think, if if this cycle of the carousel unfolded and he didn't have a, a fairly large job. I don't think he'll leave for just anything. I think he's clearly that type of guy. Um, and, you know, maybe 
maybe this thing ends up taking Harbaugh out of the game one way or the other on his own accord or, you know, not his own accord, and 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 he steps into that role. I could totally see that. Yeah, uh, I really like the guy. I really like the emotion. You know, some of the some of the 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 choice language is funny and and off a little bit, but I, I really like the guy to uh, to this point. Um, and I mean, just just handle business. You know, they didn't win many individual battles. They they won the the rushing battle. They they won the turnover battle. But they lost the yardage battle. You know, they lost another couple of battles here and there. They did a pretty masterful job. You know, I don't know if you saw the comments that Marvin Harrison Jr. had after the game talking about the types of coverage, the just being bracketed, the things that they were running at him. Okay. Uh, to, to take him, you know, to basically keep him from, from beating you. He's still at 118 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and a good friend of mine is just, you know, ooing and eyeing at the catch that he made during that game. Uh, one-handed, I believe. I I didn't have the game on at that during the time of that catch. Obviously, an outstanding player. Obviously, they've had receivers for many years now. The, you know, they they make their own argument for wide receiver U, though I wouldn't give them the nod. Uh, and just doing enough, handling business well enough to to get out of this game with a third in a row. It will it will have been five years since Ohio State won this game. Ne- the next time they play it in uh, 2024, due to the COVID cancellation that's that's not something i thought i would see again really to be honest with you that's fair uh michigan was really bad in 2020 i probably take ohio state in that game anyway. oh yeah 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 yeah. i was actually going to get to the numbers as well uh there's there's a couple things that jump off to me it, it seems like this game came down to the two mccord picks and michigan going three for three on fourth down which yep. is really impressive. But the, the thing that jumps out to me is both teams, they're, they're third down. Ohio State was four for nine. Michigan was three for 12. Not not good third down performances. Uh, as you said, um, Michigan out-totaled them by 10 yards. Ohio State out-threw them. Uh, hello, Marvin Harrison. Uh, yeah. Michigan outran them, but they still only ran for a buck fifty and a little over. And another thing that that caught my attention as well was the penalties. Ohio State had one penalty for five yards, and Michigan had three for a little. Yeah, over. yeah, that's that's a bit to overcome, real especially to me. The, the and I know that they they made up for it on three fourth downs, but the three for twelve on third down that's that's indicative to me of you know not being able to throw the ball and pick it up when you need to. Not being able to get yourself in enough, you know, third and five or less to where you can kind of call anything. That's what that's indicative of to me. And and just can't really find the words to, you know, how how impressed I am by that. Uh, but super impressive to to just flip the tables and and what was an ugly, ugly streak for them and continue to find ways now. You know, they they kind of ran ran it wide open the last couple of years and it just wasn't that game this year. Yeah. Yeah, tough, much tougher win. Yeah, you know, the, the, uh, there's only one thing that I believe would impress me more out of Michigan, and that's if Michigan would have stolen signs, despite out of all this scrutiny of stealing signs, that if they'd still found a way to steal the Buckeye signs under in, in being in this limelight, that would be impressive. But I'm going to assume in this situation, since they're under such a microscope at the moment, that they didn't do that, or if they did, the the back work had already been done, and they were just yeah. But from what I saw, I didn't get to see all of it because I had to do a wedding. But I thought Michigan was uber physical, uh, especially at the at the line of scrimmage, and it's almost. Do you remember the game we played this when we were kids? Uh, it, it's a 1v1. You, you interlock your hands, uh, palms up, and the game's called Mercy, and the objective is to overpower, you know, to get the other person to bend their hands back. If you can see me on YouTube, you can get a better idea and visual for what I'm talking about. But it, it was almost as if, even from the get, that Michigan had a bit of a leverage over them, towering over them a little bit, as if we're the new dogs in town. And yeah. We're the ones that are about to put on a new streak, and you, uh, you are the new old us, if that makes sense. Uh, so I was impressed with Michigan. Um, McCarthy played well, sixteen for twenty, but forty-eight. So not a lot of yards there, but a but a score to add on to it. Uh, good for a ninety-four and a half QBR. 
But Kyle McCord, just want to touch on him just for a second. 18 for 30, not bad at all. 270, two touchdowns, good. Two picks, not good, especially in a game like that. Uh, Henderson only gave you 60 yards on on 19 touches, uh, but you found Harrison five times for a buck 18. And outside of him, it's pretty evenly distributed. Uh, yeah. Three catches, Stover, three catches, Igbuka, three catches. I think you have to get him more involved. I think he's got to be your, your second go-to guy, but it was obviously Fleming. Uh, and then Henderson, three catches, and Xavier Johnson, one. The game plan for Ohio State seemed to be pretty simple. Get the ball to Harrison. And what's impressive, again, I know we're using that term again, is Michigan's like, that's fine, do it. Watch this. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on that. Um, and I think I think it boils down to largely, specifically to your point about you know the mercy uh, reference. Michigan is building a, a vintage roster is what they're doing. I mean they've clearly done it on the offensive line the last few years with the the Joe Moore uh, awards that they've won. I think they're more sound or they're they're deeper, they're bigger, uh, and and really more spread out talent wise and, and size wise across the defensive line now now. Ohio State's had their fair share of edge guys that would wreck your entire world, especially in the college game. But, you know, on the whole, the trenches, offensively and defensively, they've just done so much. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, another thing, another point I wanted to comment on, you you talked about how impressed you would be if they had stolen their signs still throughout the, the deal. Yeah. Did you hear about the pregame flyover? No. <laughs> So I'm Michigan, so mad. People get married in the fall, and it makes me so mad. And then you ask me to do it. That gum it should be illegal, a hundred percent. But the pregame flyover was a Boeing P eight Poseidon. Which, if you, I, I challenge you, listener, look this this plane up. Boeing P eight Poseidon. It looks like a commercial. It looks like they flew Delta or United, just flew it over the stadium just to do one. But that plane is a maritime patrol and recon aircraft. It is literally a spy aircraft. They did this, obviously, trolling. I mean, you don't just fly over the least impressive-looking plane that there is. You're clearly trolling. 10 out of 10 job on that, if so. Uh, and I, I just love everything about this result. I mean, obviously, I would I would have loved it if, if they had won 50 to 24. But I, I love the result and the way they kind of had to win a tough one. In this and get the stop that stop at the end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that that sounds uh, like a petty Jim Harbaugh with the with the flyover, and I like it. I dig it a lot. Oh yeah, love oh. it. Yeah. So um, I want to I want to end this segment by asking you this: <clears throat> This Michigan team, the one that you saw on Saturday, can that team beat Georgia? Now keep in mind, I, I I'm asking you about the Michigan that you saw on Saturday. Yeah. Keep in mind, Georgia gets up for the big ones. Yes, they, they do. Stupid hard to beat. They, they they don't sleepwalk. Can this team beat Georgia? I, mm, I still don't think they do. That's, you know what we saw Saturday. No, no, not, no explosion. Not will they or will they not? Can they? Do they? Do they have it in their abilities? Yes, they do have it in their abilities. Uh, and it would have to be a low scoring game, and. They would have to find – I'm sorry, they can't not be able to run, and that's my fear, that they would not be able to run or that, uh, that at maximum they average four yards per carry, as they did on Saturday. Um, they're not able to, again, again, find third and medium or less, obviously. Um, and then, like you just mentioned, Georgia getting up for the big game. Well, let's say it's fourth and two in a big game. Who you got to convert, offense or defense? Oh my gosh! Like the the Michigan offense versus the Georgia defense. Yep. Who you got? Fourth and two, big national title game. It's on the line. Yeah. I'm going to take. And it's the, it's not over. The front. The Georgia front. You're. I, listen, I know all about the all Michigan offense uh, and Blake Cormel, but Georgia just continues to do it, and so until they don't, I'm going to ride with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know. I. I this. This off topic because we're talking about the game, but you, we just kind of walked into this. I think if Georgia doesn't lose this Saturday in the SEC championship game, I think the three-peat is on. I'm sorry. That's the way I feel right now. I think Michigan matches up better than Bama does. 
possibly, possibly. I still think you need more explosion in the passing game. And they just – they don't try that. You know what I mean? That right, as of right now, they don't try that very often. Um, and we'll see. Harbaugh's going to be back. McCarthy has played better in the games that, that, that his, uh, his head coach has coached, uh, which is not surprising. But I just don't I, – I just – I'm afraid I don't see it as of right now. That's fair. That's fair. Well, when you say explosion in the passing game, maybe you're talking about something like Milrow to Bond in the final seconds. Maybe that's what you're getting at. Buckeyes travel to Ann Arbor, take an L on the forehead, 30 to 24. We're going to take this time to tell you about our friends over at Live Oaks Landscape. Commercial and residential lawn maintenance, rental lawn maintenance, He's got everything from weed control and prevention, mosquito and gnat spraying and treatment, landscape design and installation, patio installation, fire pits, paver and flagstone patios, fireplaces, retaining walls, leaf removal, irrigation installation, commercial builds. He does it all, man. Commercial and residential. If you're looking for some lawn maintenance, if you're looking for a new project for your backyard, you want to take your old, boring backyard into something bright and shiny, make sure you call Paul Pruitt over at Live Oaks Landscapes. Give him a call, 678-591-9802. Or you can email him at liveoakslandscapes at gmail.com. It's spelled just like it sounds, Live oaks landscapes at gmail.com tell the boys or tell them that the boys over at pandemonium reigns sent you all right next game up alabama at auburn the juju in jordan hair was absolutely real but the crimson tide walked out with a 27 24 win and i've strategically planned to talk about this game right after telling you about our brand new sponsor in live oaks landscapes and paul pruitt because paul pruitt He's a bammer. Thanks for tuning in, Paul. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for being a friend of the podcast. But my gosh, my gosh, the juju. Fourth and 31. This is the play that everybody's talking about. And if you go on Twitter and you, and you search Alabama fan reaction, you're, they're all going, oh, kick six, kick six. Now they're going fourth and 31, flexing their crimson tide muscles. Here's, here's my thing. If you're Bama – Never should have been this close to begin with. No. Never should have been – never should have begun this – oh, my gosh, I can't talk. It should have been this close. Uh, I want to open up – you know what? We, we typically stay away from officiating when it comes to the Tennessee game. It, it is what it is. You know, we're not going to do that on the Orange Cast, but you know what? We're going to do it here. We're absolutely going to do it here. And I saw several Bama fans, friend of ours, Colton Brown included – Talking about how he he's he's all upset, right? You know, um, Bama's have the refs in their pockets, yada yada yada. Listen, you kick off. Batty returns. His helmet gets turned around. He's gone from running true north to continuing to run true north, but his head is facing true south, and they call a hold on the kickoff return team. Yeah, dude. They call yeah. I So the headquarters for officiating is in Birmingham, correct? Correct. You had officials standing in Birmingham, not looking at a screen, not knowing that this game is being played, and they know face mask, right? Because it was it was the face mask, even though it didn't make a sound, heard around the world. How do you miss that? Don't don't give me that crap. Don't give me that crap. That's that's such garbage. Yeah, yes, they miss calls all the time. Yes, they're gonna miss they're gonna miss holds. They're gonna miss some PIs. It's gonna happen. Slaughter got away with one in the Georgia game. But that you got your head turned around on kickoff. There's not that many people around. It's not like it was hidden or masked, bro. No, it's it's not hidden at the trenches like it is sometimes. Dude. It was in it was in a, a group of three people and one got his head turned round. That is pathetic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it was. You know, quick side note, there's been a deep dive into officiating how teams like Alabama, Georgia, you know, top-ranked teams, how they are officiated, how it's supposedly not in their favor. Um, I encourage you, all you got to do, just get on your, your favorite social media brand. You'll see this going around. It's, it's making waves. Um, but yeah, absolutely egregious moment there. I don't, I don't understand it. You know, you can call anything 
but you can't do you can't penalize the wrong team for that. And again, in a grouping of three people, and once you know got got an owl neck situation going on, you can't do that. Um, totally with you. Alabama never should have been in that spot. Auburn continues to find ways to be in games when they have numbers like this, 93 yards passing on the day, still managing to run for 244. Uh, that's the only credit that I have for Hugh Freeze at this time because you 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 faux rush two men on, on the fourth and 31 play. You were spying Jalen Milrow on fourth and 31. You have eight people deep, and you allow Isaiah Bond one-on-one. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that you that you brought that up. How do you feel about them only rushing? Well, it was a it was only it was rushing only two, but a lot of right. people said that only two to three. Some say three, which it wasn't three. That like they're saying, how stupid? Why would you only rush three? I want to know your thoughts on that. Well, it, here's what I'm doing. Okay, take this, and and I'm probably dropping eight because I am. I want the numbers advantage if they throw one up. I want the numbers advantage there. But if I'm rushing three. It is the hardest rush that you've brought in your entire life. It is not just because you you can see the the outside rush the, again the two rushers that Auburn had probably a little holding going on by the Alabama offensive line I'm sure but they're not making you know any great effort to disrupt Noro he literally stands there and he's he's doing the 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 classic joke that we see anybody joking about throwing a football do he's he's standing there bouncing for. I, I saw the counter on SEC uh, now after you know the game went off, and I, I don't remember how long it was. Eternity. He had all day. I'm I'm flushing him. I'm making him move. He is not going to be throwing from a com- comfortable platform if he's going to throw one up. He's just going to huck one up. Now, granted, when he released that ball, I thought he threw it in the third row. I really did. I thought I thought he'd thrown it out of the stadium, but he's not going to be comfortable. So. Maybe I rush four. I'm certainly not bringing any more than that. I, I'm probably doing the three the three men in the vicinity like they did. But you're absolutely going to run so hard that you're going to make you know you're going to rush. You're going to move him, or you're going to get beat. You know, but you're not going to stand there doing what they did. And you should have at that point eight on five. So you can't double everyone. Clearly, there's you can't do that. You're going to double Isaiah Bond though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I, I'm 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 with you. I'm doing the same thing. I'm not spawning. I'm sending three, and you got to convince those three. Listen, you, you got to create pressure. You, you cannot let him sit back there. You got, and it was a very poor effort on the rushers. I mean, of course they thought. I mean, it's two against five. Like, what what chance do we have? But if you get far enough wide, you know, you can you can get. Yeah. Um. So. I'm not doing that. I'm not spying. I'm rushing three. And for the most part of your eight, I think I have three on the back end of the end zone. One, yeah. in, the corner, one in the middle, one on the other corner, and your other five are toes on the goal line. Not yes. toes on the goal line, toes, toes on the goal line. With your eyes on Jalen Milrow, where does he throw that ball? Uh, and if he's ready to take off run and – you need, you need to go pursue him, corral him. That could not have been defended any worse. But no. I'm in total agreement with – well, not total agreement. I'm cool with rushing three. I, sure. I, you, you, don't, you don't spy it. I mean, no. yes, freak of an athlete, but you're talking about 31 yards that he's going to have to figure out on what is basically a glorified punt return situation, right? Yeah. You're yeah. talking about – Yeah, it's going to lead to a lot of uh, – Laterals is what it's going to be. It's not going to be him actually running, most likely for 31 yards with eight men coming towards him and three at that point, you know, leaving their original spot to go chase him. You're not going to, it's going to be a ton of laterals if it's successful. And it's probably not going to be successful. Just watch those plays. They're, they make great entertainment. Um, look at Georgia at halftime against Tennessee the week before. What they did, putting every, you know, putting as many deep on the goal line as they did. Do anything like that, you know what I mean? You yeah. can't. That's just again. I talk. I talk about this sometimes, and you'll. I think you'll remember it. But, but goodwill. It only lasts for so long, especially as a coach. Before you know, opinions start to change. Yada yada. You you, you know, it doesn't help a single thing that you lost to New Mexico State the week before. Obviously, you would have bought a year's worth of goodwill at least if you win this game. But you, you lose it in that fashion. This is. This is, I mean, this is Butch Jones 2015 
losing in that way. Uh, multiple games that year, by the way. This is that's the format in which you lost it, which is not of Hugh, Hugh Freeze's character on the field as a coach, uh, and that's peculiar to me that they lost in that way. But you just there's 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 fewer blows of of that magnitude that I can even imagine losing in that way on Alabama's last play, and and you had them, you had the coffin shot, you just didn't get the nail driven through it. Yeah, 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 and 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 think about how Auburn ended up in that situation. Going five for sixteen through the air, two two of those incompletions being picks. Yeah, and you were in that. I mean, until the final thirty seconds, you you had you had a lead. That's larger part because you ran for two hundred forty four yards. But yep, again, that's why I say Alabama should have never been in that situation just because how piss poor that passing game was for Auburn. But let me yep. tell you, we'll end the segment this way: If you're an Auburn fan, if you're Hugh Freeze. Okay, first year head coach at a major program, and you say, "All right, Hugh, you're gonna you're gonna finish six and six with a three point loss to Bama." <laughs> you're excited, yeah. Period. Yep. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I dare any of you to tell me tell me I'm wrong. You you can argue. Well, Auburn has high expectations. Yes, you have high expectations, but you don't have the personnel for those expectations. So you're going to absolutely not. Six with a three-point loss to Bama. You're going to take that. But what sucks is what you don't know inside of that six and six is the New Mexico State loss and how you lost in Jordan Hare to the hated tide. That sucks. It does. And you had a chance to to really have a like a hopple 2021 and do a lot more than was expected. Granted, with you know, different situations, obviously, uh, you know, no scandal at this moment for for Auburn other than the the pushback of hiring Hugh Freeze and and you choke it down one step to six and six. Don't know what the bowl matchup's gonna lo- look like, but you know, they lost to New Mexico State, so I'm not gonna be terribly optimistic no matter who it is. Yeah. Uh granted, I know they could probably beat that team in a six and six bowl matchup, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. You're gonna take that and it should mean good things for the future unless he's just, you know, forgotten how to be a successful coach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I said I would already in the segment with this, but I'm actually going to add one more. Um, I feel like my mom, she'd be like, bye, son. Love you. All right. Love you too, mom. And then she just comes in with something else. Like, no, mom, we already said bye. Yep. Um, there's pass interference on that final play. All right. So Bond gets pushed, but he gets yep. into the trajectory of where the ball is. Yeah. Here's the deal. If you're going to commit it, commit it. Yeah. Tackle him. Tackle him. Live to play another down with another attempt. Now, you're probably, it's going to be half the distance of the goal at that point. So, fourth and fifth. I can't tell when college officials put it at the the spot of the foul, which would have been (laughs) at the two yard line, or when they say, you know, hey, you could have had a full 15 yards there, put it on the the 16 yard line. I don't know, but they're all better outcomes. I'm with you. You're, You're playing another down at least. And maybe we should ask Mark Emmert for clarity on, you know, on, on that rule. None of us are ever going to get it. But, dude, tackle him. Shank him. Pull his pants down. Expose yep. him. Embarrass him. Make him go to the sideline. Get ejected. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Take your helmet off and lunge it at the ball. Like, do whatever you got to <laughs> do. Don't, don't push him into where the ball is going. Exactly. Just, uh, just, just pitiful, 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 pitiful. I was happy for Auburn to be in that situation, and then and then that happened, and yep. then that, you know you could have been you could have been seven and five. You're a penalty away potentially from seven and five. Think about that. You're a penalty, a potential penalty away from being seven and five, beating a hated rival in the Iron Bowl. Nonetheless, Bama goes in the Jordan Hare. Juju goes on their side. They get a victory, 27-24. Georgia Tech shocks the world. It's the only team in in the world ever in history who has shocked the world with a loss. Bulldogs, I think that's the truth. Yeah, Bulldogs go into Atlanta, catch a 31-23 win over the 6-6 six and six Yellow Jackets. Listen, man, listen. Say what you want to. Uh, Brent Key is, is changing the perspective of that, of that brand. Uh, Georgia Tech is... From what I saw out of them, now I got a little superstitious on Saturday. I thought I need to turn this off because the more I watch it, the more 
good things happen for Georgia. So I'm going to turn it off and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But what I did see out of them, they're scrappy. They're very scrappy. They've got a lot of fight to them. Um, and you could argue, you know, Georgia played to the down to the level of their competition, you know, whatever. They kept it vanilla, whatever. I don't care what you say. They had no business being that close. It's like Tennessee had no business playing with Austin P. you know, playing with their food. Uh, but here we are. 31-23 and Atlanta was buzzing. Yeah, you could tell you could tell that there was a, a ton of Georgia fans there. Obviously, it's it's Atlanta, it's the capital of, of the state. It's you know, you could tell that there were a lot of Georgia fans making noise anytime that Georgia did anything, but the the environment was great, I thought, you know, compared to what it's been for Georgia Tech, compared to how bad and terrible they've been. Um you know, let me say this real quick. Have you seen the unfortunate RG three tweet talking about you know what Dion did at Colorado. Have you seen that? It's been oh, man, I feel he's so. been getting he's been getting crushed for it. I mean, talking about the turnaround for 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 Colorado, you know, and and sure, going from one win to four wins, losing six straight to end it. You know, it's it's been getting crushed. But you know, he he had a tweet talking about Dion in Colorado. Nobody's talking about in that same fashion Georgia Tech, South Florida, Arizona. Um, you name it, all the teams that have been in bad to terrible spots that have had great turnarounds and six and six for this Georgia Tech team is a great turnaround. Uh, I've seen a lot of complaints about the two touchdowns that penalties took off the board for Georgia. Okay, call it 45 to 23. That is way more than I thought they would do. Yeah, Uh, I don't care where the game's played. It was at home. I don't care if they played on the moon. Uh, 45 to 23, scoring 23 points. That is, that's more than I thought they were capable of. Kind of uh, some resemblance in, uh, in, in a couple ways, not so much on the yardage side, but one resemblance to the, the Auburn output that they had through the air. You had Haynes King 11 of 20, uh, but he did manage 158 yards on those 11 completions. But again, doing a lot more on the ground than they did through the air, uh, 205 yards with, with just everybody getting in on that action. And, and again, I mean, you can make it, you know, you had one touchdown, you had two touchdowns to what to 23. And I'm surprised that it was anywhere near that realm because it was close for, for much of the game. I think the game was closer than the scoreboard shows. I agree with that. I think what depresses me most out of tech is how well they ran. I mean, 44 for 205, just shy, just shy of five yards per carry, and it was yep. basically done amongst two guys, Jamal Haynes and Nate Smith. Haynes, who went 15 for 81, and Smith, who went 15 for 68. And the long for Haynes was 23, and the long for Smith was was 12, because Tennessee fans are like, well, we ran on them well, once. Yeah. Once. One, one play. Time. One play. So, and you know what? There was no wishbone. There was no wing tee. There was no—I mean, none of that stuff. Uh, there, there might have been some, some, some boots or reverses, you know, that I that I didn't see. I, matter of fact, I do think that they ran a reverse where they got a gain off of. But that—that's just impressive to me, man. Uh, and so, from the guys at Pandemonium Reigns, applause to Brent Key and, and Georgia Tech for saving a uh turning around a sinking ship man uh, that 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 program was left in absolute shambles and having to turn the roster around from what was a wishbone wing tee you know type offense so a lot of respect for Brent Key and and now you have to wonder if he can continue to sustain this kind of success even you know 7 and 5 8 and 4 next year will he will he stay in Atlanta and probably not unless, you know, unless unless he finds some of that loyalty that, you know, kind of resembles the loyalty that we're starting to see out of landing with Oregon, uh, obviously with much more success in a much more uh, set up job than, than this one was. Um, I was I was about to question if it would be with a new quarterback next year um, for Georgia Tech. But Haynes King is just a sophomore, uh, which shocks me wow. because uh, you had Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney trying to land him at Tennessee for the, yeah. you know, to, to be clear. Uh, before his stop at Texas A&M. Yeah. So, we, God, the eligibility is the weirdest thing. But, yeah, I mean, they're going to be returning their quarterback. They, like you, you just said, something that's that's more important than that, the, the fight and the kind of buzz that they have. I mean, there were some instances where they were finding success around the edges offensively. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah. been the thing that I've criticized teams for trying to do against Georgia, uh, for trying to get to the even the line of scrimmage and how hard that you criticized be. us for it. Absolutely, I did. Uh, yep. And and you know, to an extent, there was minimal success for Tennessee there. I think you just have to. I, I think you have to find more success up the middle. But massive credit to Georgia Tech, um, the SEC championship teams probably couldn't have had worse wins on their way into mm. Atlanta. Um, you know, I wonder if uh, if if Kirby and Georgia will just stay there since they think their program is located in Atlanta. I wonder. Uh, but yeah, I mean, got to be the most shocking result of the week, even though it was a loss as expected. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Props to them, though. Well, uh, dogs went into Atlanta, got a 31-23 win over the hated Yellow Jackets. Clemson's going to finish their season 8-4, and four, getting a 16-7 win over South Carolina. And here's the only thing I have to say. Let me back up away from the microphone. <laughs> Eat it, piece of crap. Gamecocks and Shane Beamer finishing 5-7. and seven. Darn, we don't get to see you getting mayonnaise poured over your head. <laughs> I'm so done with this guy. I'm done with this guy. I'm sick of it. I am sick of it. I think... I think he's lost a lot of Gamecock fans at this point. Five Absolutely, and seven yes. in year three, where you you I'm pretty sure he went bowling year one, did he not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so bowling year one, bowling year two, five and seven. Here you go, boy. That's not me applauding. That's you getting your cheeks clapped. That's right. Well said. I love every bit of it. Uh, I love every every single bit of it. The worst part about this, the worst part about this five and seven result going bowling in years one and two but not three is that you returned so much firepower yeah 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 you you actually you went bowling in year one is that the year they were playing like a grad assistant at quarterback for part of the year like uh dody right dody dody did they play dody did they i could i I think they played dody i think I was thinking that was the year where they, you know, again, like we're pulling grad assistants and finding magical eligibility for them. Nonetheless, they they returned a lot of offensive firepower. Their offense absolutely vanishes down the stretch uh, in a lot of spots. Not going to say I told you so to some extent when you hired a uh, a retread, a, a previous uh, – was a tight ends coach as your offensive coordinator in Dowell Loggins. I know that you had injuries, especially along your offensive line, but you didn't really, you didn't do anything to kind of troubleshoot that, to kind of minimize that. The, the roster was, are you telling me then that the roster's in a worse spot in year three than it was in year one when you went well, bowling? I mean, potentially, because, I mean, they got hit by the portal hard coming out of year two, pretty hard. Uh, guys like Jordan Birch, um, Gene Bell, you know, departed. But I wanted to point out, you're talking about the roster and the firepower that they returned. In their defense, seriously, in their defense, Juice Wells just was absent this year. That's the one injury that I will say that that ha- – I mean, look, I don't care if you had zero healthy offensive linemen. That's the one that hurts you the most because of how good he can be. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll grant them that one. But, I mean, the way Leggett exploded onto the scene in his absence and, – and, look, it, was, it wasn't it was Leggett last year. It was Juice Wells. So – he kind of replaced that production real time, um, and, and I know that there were injuries, but it, it's odd to me that the depth in roster would be in that much worse of a spot when you were able to find a bowl in your first year coming off of Muschamp. I've heard I've heard so many things about what Muschamp will do to a roster, this and that, and I don't think it's what Muschamp will do to a roster. I think it's what South Carolina rosters can look like at times, just to be fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, something that I failed to mention in the beginning is <laughs> – Clemson's only touchdown was defensive. Yeah. Fumble, scoop, and score. Uh, it was Within the it was, first minute of the game. Yeah. It was a pass that went backwards uh, that he did not get his hands on, uh, hits the ground, and they all just stare at it. Clemson defenders like, all right, say less. Yeah. Uh, give me that. Puts it in the end zone. So what I'm getting at is Clemson wasn't good. They, they were not good this night. Kate no. Clement was was not good, and the statistics are not even going to reveal how bad he was, and his stats are not good. 15 for 27, 100 yards, 3.7 per completion, and a pick. 
He was bad. He was bad. He was bad. Phil Moffa, 19 for 89. Will Shipley, 15 for 80. Cade Klubinick, 11 for 52 rushing. They ran well, but he was bad. So if I'm if I'm Carolina, at the end of that first quarter, I'm going, he can't do this. Eight in the box. Eight in the box. All yep. times. I want, I want, I want one, I want safety over the top, middle. And you know what? We can do man underneath everything else. Yep. Cover one, send the house. Cover zero, I make him do it because he was not doing it that night. And I, I'm just going to go ahead and say that it's a terrible adjustment uh, on behalf of South Carolina for not playing aggressive, for not coming after him. Uh, and if you did come after him, you just didn't create pressure. So no. what what a shame on them. And it's embarrassing. I, if I'm South Carolina, I'm embarrassed. I want this dude out. Uh, but – Rumor is you have an athletic director who is not, you know, on the football train. He's not willing to invest the money. So with that, I say, hate it for you, you piece of crap. I cannot stand this guy. He and and Eli Drinkwitz are now right right at the top for me. Um, so I well, I don't really have much left to say on behalf of South Carolina. Uh, other than I tell you what, I'll end with this. And if you got anything else, throw it out there. Your best mm, Shane Beamer and Sh- uh, Spencer Rattler's best was hosting Tennessee in 22 and beating Clemson at Clemson in 22. And it turns out you cheated. So tell me what you got. I mean, what what have you achieved? The Duke's mayonnaise bowl and year two? That eight. I- I got nothing for I'm this guy. What a freaking clown. You. He's a clown. Yeah. I, right. I, and look, it. I don't know if they cheated or if they didn't. It's hard to convince me that they didn't. And if you need more convincing that they did, go look up Spencer Rattler's numbers from the two games in question, Tennessee and Clemson 2022, and then look at the other 12 this year, 13 last year, or 11 last year. Go look at the other 20 games, 20, 23 games. Go look at them. Go look at the numbers. Go look at the defensive, you know, the stops that they got. You Go look at all of it. Um, because Rattler in this game was equally as bad as Cade Klubnik. Uh, completion percentage at least, 16 for 32, 112, and a pick. I love it. I, I love it. I, I, look, I love it too because I, was, I wasn't a fan of, of Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma. Um, now, he's, he's got some talent in there. He's got absolute issues in there as well. Uh, it's it's crazy to me that you that you hit Xavier Leggett for 68 yards and you only manage 112 if you're that quarterback in that moment. You, look, in those games that you were successful, you were hitting a, a, a bevy of different dudes. You were hitting everybody in their mama for touchdowns for the most part. Where did the production go? Where did the connection go? Where's any of it? Yeah, I think you make a good point. So in, in two years, 24 games – so you're going to tell me for 22 games, Spencer Rattler's bad, but he all of a sudden figures it out for two games? Give me a break. Give me a give me a cotton-picking break. So you know what? Spencer Rattler ends his career, his 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 last game in a, in, in a uni, Gamecock uniform, 16 for 32, a buck 12, and a pick. Now, I will say this. I do hate it for two guys. I hate it for Mario Anderson. I like this guy. He doesn't run his mouth. He's just kind of nose to the ground. He runs hard. 13 for 35. That sucks. I hate that for him. And I hate it for Derek DeCarrion Joyner. He's a, he's a South There's Carolina. One more for me. Yeah, South Carolina. Go, yeah, go ahead. South Carolina dude uh, has, has has just kind of stayed the course there. Uh, he's going to go out with, with one carry for five yards. I'm not even sure if he had a. No, he didn't have a catch, so that's that's how his his career ends. That sucks because he's an athlete. I think I think you might see him playing on Sundays. Other than that, I got I got nothing, man. Maybe Luke Doty, who's a Montero you know, Hardesty. Montero Hardesty. I hate it for Montero Hardesty because he's catching a lot of strays. For look, he's not been there all three years. I don't believe with Shane Beamer. I think he came last year or the year again. I I think he came this off season or last off season. So I don't think he's been there the entire time. You're not going to pin that running back room on your running back coach. I'm sorry. Recruiting falls on many more people than that. 
Roster yeah. management certainly doesn't yeah. fall on that guy. The, uh, assistant coaches sure. recruit regions, not positions. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, you know, give me a break with that. You're in the running for a really a really good running back right now. Justice or Justin Hill, I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're right in there in the mix with Alabama, with Tennessee, with a lot of programs that want it. And let me ask you this. If you're – if you're that athletic director, if you're a Gamecock fan, I'm, I'm also asking you. You're gonna you're telling me that you're gonna keep Shane Beamer because there's no there's no rumors swirling. There's nothing swirling that he's losing his job off of this effort. Like it's it would be out of the blue other than you know the result. Agreed? Yeah. Okay. Next year, and I know we do this often. We may have done it the last time we talked about it. Next year's schedule. Conference games at home. LSU, Ole Miss. Missouri, oh gosh, Texas A&M will travel to Columbia, South Carolina. You see a win in those four? So this 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 quarterback that they have come and they're really excited about. I will I will give a maybe and say maybe A and M, but now they're Mike Elko led, so I don't like that matchup. The defense is probably going to improve. If you're if you're telling me to put guys. money on it, I'm going to say zero and four. Okay. But if you're saying now, we find a limelight, I'll say, all right, A&M. Yeah, or, or maybe LSU if they can't replace Daniels. or if they They'll figure it out. They don't need to throw the ball. They're fine. They're fine. Yeah. Okay, agree. Clemson didn't. Clemson didn't. They didn't need to throw it. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, here's their here's their road SEC game. Sorry, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just making them. Um, I'm so, I'm so done with Shane Beamer. I love it, dude. Here's their road games. Vanderbilt. Got you one. Oklahoma. Oh God! <laughs> Kentucky and Alabama; those are your road conference games next year. I almost gonna, like the road games more than I do the home. Well, I, I mean, at least I think they could win two of them. Where I definitely don't think they can win two of the home games. Okay, so, now, I'm so, not saying they're going to beat Kentucky, but they certainly could. You said Vanderbilt, right? Yeah, Vanderbilt on the road. Okay, so Vanderbilt <laughs> doesn't even have a quarterback on their roster right now. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Oklahoma. So Dylan Gabriel is gone. Uh, Jeff Lebby is gone, so there's going to be some turnover there. You know, I, maybe depends on when they catch it. You know, is it yeah. early in the season? You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm still taking Oklahoma, and then you oh, said yeah. Mizzou. Uh, that's a home game for them. Okay, well, what were the, what was the Obama? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> L. And then L. what's the last one? Kentucky. Okay, uh, so Kentucky. what is gonna what is gonna come of the Kentucky locker room as Mark Stoops tries to make his return? You know, from his fifteen second trip to College Station. Station. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this in his defense: Dan Mullen pulled it off. Everybody thought he was NFL bound, but then he came back, came back, and 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 you know did what he did. Can it be done? Yes. It's the way in it was in which it was handled by Mark Stoops. Oh, after consideration, I want I want to be a wildcat. Lies, God, liar. Yeah. I, I, so I'm a pastor. I just believe being real with people. Just be real. Like, listen, guys. You know what? I was gone. It didn't work out. I, I'm not totally heartbroken. You know what? I'm not. I'm not totally heartbroken. Yes, I was gone. Yes, I was taking it. Um, I would love to, I would love to stay here and be the head coach. I'm gonna I'm, I'm as a man I'm gonna look you in the eye and say yes I was gone but I, I'm I'm content to stay I'm 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 happy to stay. But with that said, you're talking about South Carolina and that situation. I'm gonna take the Wildcats. So 100 yeah, percent sucks to be Shane Beamer. I mean I, I'm give me 0 and 8. Give me freaking 0 and 8. You uh Mike Wright transfers back to Vanderbilt and throws for 400 yards and, <laughs> and beats and beats the Gamecocks. Hundred percent, because he doesn't win the job under Jeff Levy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm with you, man. I mean, I'm with you. That's that's a brutal stretch, and you are firing him next year. Why wait? That's my only point. Why wait? I, I just hope that we don't jinx it the way we did Drinkwitz. We're like, is is Drinkwitz going to survive the year? If freaking Shane Beamer goes like nine and three, ten and two, whatever, like, just the problem is the podcast think, is over. Yeah, if, we'll, if we'll it, retire. If if they go eight and four, we'll hang it up. Agreed. Deal. Deal. Okay. Um, the issue is they'd have to portal in a lot of offensive linemen, and that is the hardest position to hit, to, in my opinion. If you're basing that off of how Tennessee's done it, then yeah, I'll give you that. But it's it's more so that everybody wants an offensive lineman, and That's fair. and good luck landing 
three or four or five of them, however many you need, if you don't have the young guys ready. And I yeah. don't believe they do. <laughs> I'll end the segment this way. If you fire Beamer, who's your first call? Give me one name and let's close it. It would have been Elko, but it's too late. So, gosh, I guess this is why you don't do it. Go ahead if you have yours. I'm thinking. You call Jamie Chadwell. There you go. That's it. That's it. Absolutely, that's it. Um, you call Chadwell. It's so silly to me that he's not found a bigger gig, whatever dirt there is on him. But, yeah, that's that's the move. Yeah. You call Jamie Chadwell. Gamecock fans, call Jamie Chadwell because you know who you're not calling? A bowl. Clemson goes into <laughs> Columbia, South Carolina, gets a win, 16-7, and does everybody, including the Gamecocks, a favor. Last game of the day, we're going to squeeze it in right here. We would usually do an orange cast, but considering the circumstances, the eight and four circumstances, Tennessee hosts Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt comes ready to fight, loses 24 to 48. There's a ton of conversation here, and we could get lost on the little things about uh, the potential sack totals for Pierce, Vanderbilt emptying their bench. I'll just say this. I'm glad Joe got to play as long as he did. I'm glad he had a day. I'm glad a lot of our seniors had a day, including Ramel Keaton. You need to let Joe play the bowl game. You know what? He wasn't Hendon. Nobody ex- – I think I think people said they didn't expect him to be Hendon, but they placed Hendon expectations on, on him on, on, um, uh, subconsciously. The guy – has been faithful to the university since his arrival. He he lost the job. He's done all the right things. He's said all the right things. He's um he's I think he's been a man of character in his time here. He's had fun with it. You know what? You pissed me off after the Florida game, but Joe, thank you. Uh you're you're a VFL dude. Appreciate it. I know that you're never going to hear this but because because who are we? But I hope you go into this bowl game and I hope you get the chance to throw six scores and no picks and 400 yards and you have a long NFL career, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I hope that he has a massively – I hope he has such a successful ball game that that he does end up, you know, taking his seat somewhere in the third or fourth quarter. I, that's the way I want it to go for him. Uh, you know, I've got minor issues about the Nico handling and just situations where he could have played this year. I'm not going to say fire a coach or, oh, my God, what is Hopple thinking or any of that stuff. I am jacked for the seniors. They had a, a very nice senior day. It's always nice for Tennessee. You know, you don't have the game or the Iron Bowl if you're Tennessee because Vanderbilt's never going to be that again. Uh, they're never going to be their success of 100 years ago. It's not going to happen. Um, so it's nice to have a, a, stress, a stress-free senior day when, you know, Tennessee's handling business. Obviously, they've lost the game. Uh, a few too many times, but happy for everyone on, on the team. I mean, the tight ends, that they had a big day, mm-hmm. uh, including a touchdown for Warren. Joe, obviously stoked. Jalen Wright did did enough to get himself a 1,000 yards. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm shocked that it, it comes in year three when the offensive line started the year the way that it did. That is Hopple's first 1,000-yard rusher at Tennessee. Not surprised at all that it's Jalen Wright and – by all indications, the work that he put in leading into the season, how good he looks week in and week out. He's he is set right now to enter the league with probably the least amount of mileage for any running back that gets picked, in my opinion. Fair enough. Um, and and I think all those considering things are great. his accomplishment, considering the context of accomplishment as far as yards go and whatnot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a great. The that's carries. A great, that's a great point. Yeah. The carries, the hits, the mileage, just sheer mm-hmm. yardage numbers. I think that all sets sets up well for him. It. it and, you know, we don't talk about it this way, but it sets up for the way that Alvin Kamara entered the league with not getting the the number of touches that he needed. And, and that's probably true for Jalen, too, but it obviously was, in this case, being split between three guys and not just two and, you know, wasn't handicapping your offense straight up like it was in 2016 and 15. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's a great point. I also wanted to touch on uh, Jalen Wright and celebrate his accomplishments for going over 1,000. Uh, the one small narrative that I wanted to get into was Dylan Sampson, and a lot of people are upset with the handling of Dylan Sampson. I want to get into that, and I wanted to get into Joe and Nico. Uh, so let me make two points, and, and you kind of tell me what you think. Okay. Fans are upset with the handling of Dylan, and they're upset with the handling of Nico. 
All right, coming out of this game, if we're solely looking at Vanderbilt, Dylan had one less carry than Jalen. Had one less touch. One less touch. Okay, so maybe those don't go to Jabari Small for health or other reasons, whatever. One less touch. And he just didn't do what Jalen did. I mean, you had 10 carries for 37 as opposed to 11 for 75. Yeah, uh, and one of your carries was 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 nine yards. So all the other ones were were, were not really good, man. Um, unless it's you know what would what Butch Jones would call a um, what did he call what, what did he call a four yard carry? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, I do, but I can't remember. Anyway, so um, so so take with that what you will. Like I. And if he's if he's messing around with the fan base on Instagram and social media, dude, you need to you you have no idea who what bear you're poking. <laughs> uh, you, you need to chill out. Um, so I would just say it to the fans, like he had, he had one less touch. What what more do you want? Jalen Wright went for a thousand. Are you going to take those carries away from him? No, he's obviously RB one. Leave it alone. And Nico, not only did he go for a thousand, he went for a thousand on just fifty more carries, just fifty compared to Dylan. Yeah, just <laughs> Samson had eighty six. Samson had eighty six. Wright had one hundred and thirty seven. Fifty one carries and five hundred and thirty or so less yards. Ten less yards per carry, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing he benefited from on the on these carries is the touchdown number. It's nice. He got the he got the you know the treatment when Jabari or Jalen tapped their helmet. He comes in around the twenty. Wow, I, I so there you go. That that's a great stat that illuminates a lot, illuminates a lot. And I think, yeah, I haven't seen the numbers, but I'm I'm guessing that he's got a he's got a good amount more than Jabari. Uh, no, he does actually have nine less than Jabari. Whoa, okay. Well, Jabari. So it goes like this. it goes one hundred and one hundred thirty-seven for Jalen, ninety-five for Small, eighty-six for Sampson. Um, and you know, he did a little bit more per carry. Mm. Uh, he did a half yard more per carry than, than, than small did, but okay. they both did two yards less per carry than Joe and Rod did. Okay. All right. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, let me move on to Nico and Joe then, since I've been proved wrong right there. I got, I got one more thing before we okay, go, go ahead. Quick. Go ahead. Um, just, just sheerly talking about Samson and his usage. Now I think the dip in usage after Kentucky, that's weird to me because he wins you that game when Jalen can't go in the second half. He he wins you, he he does enough for the offense to move the ball up and down the field. That's the only thing I have. That's that's my only issue. Because I'm not going to say he about. won that game because yes, that game that that drive solidified things, but that that drive didn't didn't win the game. There's there's okay. a lot that's, that's more fair. in that context. There's that's a fair. ton more in that context. His his drive was outstanding. Okay, that it I was mean, Camara. That, it was that Camara. solidified it. Yes. Uh, but I'm not going to say that won the game by any stretch. That that was just a lead in for me. I, I'm with you. I, that's that's fair. Uh, okay. it, it solidified the the win for you. It didn't win it for you. Gotcha. Now you want to talk about him receiving? Okay, he has the same number of reception at receptions as Chaz Nimrod. He has more than Jacob Warren uh, due to Brew's injury. He's got the same number of catches as Brew McCoy. Uh, slightly less than Jalen McCallan Castles. About half the number of Ramel Keaton. Uh, similar yardage as all of those guys because, you know, you're catching it on a check down or what have you. Uh, still found the end zone through the air, obviously, back in the Virginia game. But there's just not – there's not much of a bone to pick there. The guys actually should like the mileage and, you know, being low. I'm talking about the, the players themselves, not only the, the the league when the time comes, if it does. But the, the uh, this is clearly – an NIL ploy is it, this is all it is. I think this is what the game is in 2022. Mm, maybe. And it, uh, that sucks if it is. Yep. Uh, Nico and Joe. So a lot of people are upset with, you know, Nico didn't get enough. Yada, yada, yada. Can Hypel manage a quarterback room? Yada, yada, yada. You know, he was going to start Joe in 21. Yada, yada, yada. Let's compare that. Let's compare that. Let's compare Hendon and Joe 2021 and Joe and Nico 2023 not the same Nico excuse me Joe and Hendon both come in in the offseason going into the 21 season Hypel is brand new uh, sorry to Tennessee he's brand new to Tennessee not a brand new head coach um 
I have a little bit more grace on Joe winning that job under Hypel. We've talked about maybe Hendon not being a practice player, whatever. Once Hendon got the job, there was no turning around and looking back at Joe on Hypel's part. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that much at least. And now you go to 2023, Joe and Nico. Joe's been there for how long? He knows the system how well. He's got he's got what kind of a relationship with Hypel? But Nico's got $8 million. Shut up. He Maybe he doesn't know the playbook. Maybe he doesn't have uh, – he, has he been working with the ones the way with the way Joe has? Probably no. not. There's so many factors. I, I just can't stand the uh, the people who, who think that this is Madden. Just swap the depth chart and everything. It doesn't work this way. Um, there, is a, there is a chemistry that is built between uh, cues and center, cues and offensive line as a unit, cues and receiving core. Cues in backfield on 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 timing and so many different things. You know what? There is a bit of a risk when you when you make a quarterback change. Should he have played more than he had? Yes. Why play Gaston? I don't get it. Are no, you just trying to be either. kind to Gaston? Are you trying to show that you know you really are a, a, a faithful to the individuals that make up the team? But there's no comparison between Nico and Joe. Nico, the time that he got, even though it was extremely limited, and he got most of it against Vanderbilt, if I'm wrong, didn't really do anything. I, I mean, he had a he had a he had a a broke tackle where he converted it to a first down. But you know what? You're assuming that that Nico knows all the things that Joe knows, and he doesn't. He he doesn't. He he's you're assuming that he's got the same relationship and chemistry. And he doesn't. So it's just not a fair comparison to go back and say, Hendon Joe 21, Nico Joe 23. I am more than with you. Uh, I, I'm I'm just basically the same. I just wish I saw more early. No, okay. I can't say earlier. And it's hard to ask for more with the first team offensive line because I, you know, the first team offensive line was a, a rotating five later in the season when when health really came into play when John Campbell was banged up yeah. when Gerald Mincy, Mincy has been playing through injury. Dude, that's another point. Mays, that's that's saw Cooper Mays leave the game Saturday. Yeah, that's another point. It's not he's you not know, being, he's working with a with a hodgepodge offensive line. Do you want him to get broken? And 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 that's that's the thing. You know, when you saw him against Virginia, that's that's probably the maybe the cleanest group that he got to play with. I don't really remember. You saw him against UTSA. They could barely keep anybody off of him. Uh, UConn, he got a little, he got a, you know, a lot of drive, uh, two drives. I don't even know they were so bad. Uh, and then you saw against Vanderbilt. And, and I, I'm with you. That's the most that we saw of him probably uh, because it was an entire quarter minus the last two plays of the game. I don't know. Yeah. Um, three like plays that. of the game. Yeah. Look, it's, it's all, it, it's, it's all good. You know, I don't think he gave you the best chance to win. The only thing you'd have been doing is getting him ready for 2024, which is needed and is fair. But you now have 15 ball practices. You've got 15 spring practices. Is that correct? Yes. And then you've got a full month in starting in August, ending at you know, ending with another practice against UT Chattanooga to get him ready for the 24 season. You probably need to find here. Here's an impossible task for you. Go find a transfer that is okay with probably being his backup, probably never taking first-team reps. You're asking someone to be Joe Milton 2022 is what you're asking someone to do. Yeah. Uh, and you're probably not going to find somebody that's as good as he was for you in 2022 garbage time, uh, as solid, as, as above average as he's been in 2023. Mm -hmm. Good luck finding someone to be that guy so that if Nico does get hurt or whatever, you're going to be entering Gaston Moore, if he's here, Jake Merklinger, as a true freshman, that's what you're going to be doing. Impossible task. I don't think you can do that. It's going to be somebody like Keller Christ at best, except he was competing that for the job. That was the name that came to my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he was competing for the job, and he, he yeah. got time with the job. I mean, just good luck doing that. The thing is, like I just said, it's all hands on deck every single minute. In my mind, including the bowl practices, even though Joe will be starting that game, is all going to be about 2024 going forward. And like I just said, week one included, where you get to get ready for NC State because you're going to be playing UTC. Right. 
Right. And uh, last thing, and we'll end the segment. You're assuming that, hang on, from this point, he's going to be able to preserve his red shirt. And then people are saying, people are saying, well, he's only going to be here three years anyway. No, that's an assumption. That is an assumption. You're assuming he's going to live up to this $8 million deal. You're assuming he's going to live up to a five-star status. You know what? He might just be good enough to be the starter, but not good enough to get a good draft grade come post 2027, six, seven, whatever it is. So you, you know what? You don't know everything, y'all. You, you, you don't know. You're assuming you do, but you don't. So do I think he's going to be good? Yes. Am I set? Is he going to be elite? Man, I, who knows? Hope so. Hope so. Know. Hope so. Hey, but nonetheless, Little brother came to town and we whipped that tail. Something to like, I'm not even like looking at the school uh, school and uh, score anymore. 56 to 24. All big orange. All right, y'all. That's going to bring us to the end of the end of the show. The rants are officially over. Uh, I feel like I don't have to hear the voice of Shane Beamer for at least another six months until SEC Media Days rolls around. Um, the Nico Joe conversation is soon about to be over. Um, props to Joe props to those guys. A uh, couple things on our way out the door. Washington played with their food against the Cougars 21, 24 and North Carolina continues to disappoint. Yes. NC state is not a bad team, but you lost by 19, 19, and then the battle of the backup quarterback in the sunset, Sunshine State, words, sorry, Florida State gets a win over the hated Gators. Will that be enough to solidify a playoff spot for the Seminoles? Probably not. Depends on what Washington and Oregon and all that. How, how Wow, I can't talk today. And all how that unfolds. Uh, but and, if, and if they can beat Louisville. And if they can beat Louisville, which is now going to be a tall task for them. It's going to be a tall task for them. Yep. Hey, but Kentucky did it. Kentucky did it. We, anybody can do it, right? Anybody can do it, right? Uh, on a stoops less Kentucky. Love it. <laughs> At that moment in time. Love uh, it. The world just didn't know yet. Hey, we appreciate you guys hanging out, uh, listening to us, letting us tickle your ears. We 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 appreciate it so 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 much, and we really appreciate the comments and the and the engagement that we're getting from you guys. Um, even if your comment sucks, post it. We would love to uh, to get back to you. We've had some dog fan interactions. We've had some Tide fan interactions. Uh, so keep it up. Let's get some more Tennessee interactions. That would be preferred. Um, uh, just like the, the the bride of Christ should be united, uh, the the orange bride should be united. We guys, we guys, we thank you guys so much for hanging out. This is Pandemonium Reigns. I'm Dan. He's Mike. God bless. Go balls. A GBO.